You, you, you are listening. You are listening. You are listening to the Fly Fishing ninety seven podcast. We're a new organization, but we're going to hear this question a lot. Is like, how are you different from other conservation groups, and um, mm-hmm. do we need another uh, another group? And of course, obviously, we we feel we do. Um, and we are, in, you know, very, very um, enthusiastic about Trout Unlimited and the work that they do. Mm-hmm. And uh, as Gary already said, their their fish rescue um, is a is a big thing and a helpful thing. But I think all of us would like there to not be a need for a trout rescue. Right. Um, and, and that's that's what what we're aiming at. So. Um, we, we're we're different than, than a lot of the other organizations because we're we're primarily a, a lobby group. We're we're not going to kind of you know start a project. We're not going to go build structures to keep fish out of canals ourselves. We, that's not what we do. But we're going to um, take the issue to the to the decision makers, and, and in this case, largely the provincial government and perhaps the, the irrigation industry to to try and. Uh, get this problem solved and with the support of a large number of people who care about about the fish um, that's what we're trying to do welcome to the fly fishing 97 podcast capturing the fly fishing life featuring in-depth conversation with fly fishers from all walks of life the fly fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by theflycrate.com an online fly shop, your source for all things fly fishing. DamianAndy.com, featuring custom music by Damian Anderson. Find out more at D-A-M-I-O-N-A-N-D-Y.com. Broken Tippet Fly Company, for blog and fly fishing apparel, check out BrokenTippet.com. And Wait For It Films. For action-packed fly fishing videos and camera-related content, visit Wait For It Films on YouTube or at thewaitcreativeco.com. Get ready for the fly fishing season with the Fly Crate. We have hundreds of trout, bass, panfish, and saltwater flies, ranging from the classic elk hair caddis to jigged Euronymphs. Join thousands of other fly anglers who fish with the Fly Crate. Listeners of the Fly Fishing 97 podcast get 10% off their first order. Plus, receive free shipping on all U.S. orders over $45. Order today. Go to www.theflycrate.com and use the promo code FLYFISH97 to save 10%. Welcome to this edition of the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Really happy that you have found us, and we're going to talk a little conservation on the podcast today. Uh, We're going to head out to the beautiful province of Alberta, Canada, uh, home of the Bow River and many a great trout stream and still water. We We have got the folks from Trout Trust on the line today, Gary Hankey, Jim McLennan, and Nada Raymond. Uh, guys, first off, thanks so much for joining us. Jim, let's let's start with you. How you been? And 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 tell us a little bit about uh, what you've been up to. Well, I'm doing okay. We had a had a very pleasant autumn here in Alberta, and now we're just bracing ourselves for a a really nasty cold spell in a couple of days. So probably by the time people listen to this, uh, yeah. <laughs> we might be really cold at least here. Yeah, I feel that it's <laughs> happening here too. Um, Gary, um, thanks again for coming on the show. Appreciate it. How you been? 
Uh, good morning, welcome. I've been really good, thank you. And uh, as Jim had said, we had a pretty spectacular fall, and just starting to get snow now, and hopefully we'll get some water out of it. Hopefully we'll get a lot of snow. Yeah, I think a lot of us are in that boat. Nada, thanks for coming on the, the podcast today with with the gang at Trout Trust. We appreciate it. Of course. Let, of course. Um, yeah, just happy to be here. Let's let's start at the beginning. So, guys, tell us about this journey. What what is Trout Trust all about? Um, Jim, why don't we start with you? Like, um, dial us in a little bit. Well, it, it goes back a while. Uh, it goes back a couple of years at least. Um, and, you know, Gary, maybe you can correct me if I get this followed up. But it, my recollection is we uh, we were all, I think, I think on a Zoom call from um, the Alberta Energy and Parks put out, but talking about a, a fish decline in specifically in the Bow River. And um, there, there was a lot of information that they, they the biologists put forth, but what stood out to, to me was that they identified three um, significant stressors on the fish in the bow, one being um, the uneven and erratic flows caused by the, the, the hydro dams upstream of Calgary, and another being um, the uh, fish that get, get stuck in the irrigation canals. When the, um, they move into the irrigation canals through the summer and then uh, those that are still there when the when the tap is shut off in the fall get stranded there and then the, the third um stressor w- was uh, angler uh, mortality catch and release angling mortality and um what sort of uh, sort of really raised a, a, a red flag for me was that the only one of these things that it seemed that the government was prepared to address uh was the the angler um the catch and release mortality mm-hmm. and that they, they it seemed like they were kind of floating a test balloon a little bit to see what people would, would think if uh if they for instance really uh, significantly restricted angling methods or even angling seasons or even some closures uh on the river and um there's several of us quite a few of us who, who kind of recognized this or saw the same thing that this this doesn't sound right. I think restricting the anglers should be a last resort, not the first, uh, not the first thing that's done. And yeah, and fair. so we, several of us, got you know got together, I guess, on the phone or in a Zoom call of our own, and said, well, what about this um, entrainment, which is the formal name for the fish getting stuck in the irrigation canals? What's been done about that? And um, so we dug into it and we concluded that 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 was something that not only should be fixed, but should have been fixed, um, well, 50 or 80 years ago and hasn't been. Hmm. Um, before you, before we decide to stop people from fishing from the fish, let's keep the fish in the river rather than having them die in the irrigation canal when, it's, when it dries out in the fall and winter. So, right. It, it, is that, Gary and Nita, is that kind of what you recall? <laughs> yeah, that sort of was the start. Uh, would you agree, Nita? Yeah, I'm on board with that. Yeah, yeah, it, you know, and, and I guess it kind of led from there. You know, I think all of us were sort of looking at okay, out of the three, we sort of have some data on the flow rates um, that are monitored. Um, the entrainment stuff, 
Um, there's been a couple of groups that have done a fish rescue in there, and they do it yearly, and they do a great job. Um, but they do a very small amount of rescue as far as total kilometers. It's probably around 16 kilometers of all the irrigation canals in Alberta. I think it's, what is it, 8,000 kilometers? Yeah, so it's, it's less than 1%. And not, it is appreciated that's done, but it's just the tip of the iceberg. Um, but if we can take those numbers as being valid, so there is that study, right? And then when it comes to um, angling restrictions and mortality, there's been no real study done on that that I find of any value. I know there is a mortality study done, but it's also somewhat questionable. Um, and certainly nothing that's been done specifically on the Bow River monitoring anglers, you know, unseen from a distance and just put a time clock to and time the fish is in the bag to the time it's out of the bag. You know, and that, that mm -hmm. can be done discreetly throughout the summer. So none of that has occurred, but uh, going back to you know, the fish rescue, there's been a lot of effort put into that. And like I said, it's great. And it's, you know, Part of that years ago, part of that rescue is what stocked the Red Deer River with rainbows and browns. Um, and we're not talking just a few thousand fish. We're talking literally hundreds of thousands of fish. Yeah. Well, I think... And we're on corporate. It's both sport fish and non-sport fish. Right. Sometimes I think, you know, when you get a group that's really vested in the resource and you see something maybe isn't added up or maybe we can do something a little better, is that where this kind of thought process started with Trout Trust? Like, um, wait, wait a minute here. It's, you know, you're not trying to rock the boat, but you're trying to, you're trying to look after the resource. So maybe talk about like, guys, the mission statement of Trout Trust. Like, what is it? So, Jim, you want to touch on the mission statement? I'll touch on the vision statement. Sure. Um, the mission truck trust mission statement is is as follows: the truck trust speaks in a unified voice directly with government, representing the interests of wild trout uh, and those who care about them. That's then, straightforward to the point. Yeah. Yeah. And the vision statement is uh, to be collaborative with. Wildlife and water conservation groups establish the aesthetic and financial value of the wild fish, of wild fish, the eyes of the public and government, and to ensure that fish habitat is monitored, protected, and preserved in per perpetuity. So obviously, I mean, everyone that listens to this show, we talk about the Bow River all the time. Just FYI, we've we've had uh, Jim's been on before. Gary, you've been on. I've had uh, Bow River Outfitters on here. We've mm -hmm. had. I, I I get a lot of material because it's probably, if not Canada's best known trout stream, it's definitely in the top few, right? How how is the yeah. bow doing? Like, and, and I'm assuming you guys are jumping on board with this because you maybe see something. Like, I mean, when you're when you're when you when you're wearing the waders long enough, you, you may see a few things. Um, and this isn't an age thing, Jim. But why don't you jump in? And, and you've been at this. It's it's not your first rodeo. Let's put it that way. Um, are you seeing a decline? Are you seeing things changing? Is this why you guys are starting this? Well. I, I'm not on any one stream a lot. I, 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 get, I get around, so I'm in different places. So um, 
it's from the amount that I'm now spending, the amount of time I'm spending on the bow, I wouldn't really trust my uh, my impression because it's just not not an, you know enough data. But certainly in talking to people who spend a lot of time on the bow, and, and the way to find these people is to look to the guides because they're oh, on the on the bow, I don't know, 100 days a season maybe. And it's certainly, um, you know, the impression is certainly that the that the numbers of fish are not what they were. Um, you know, I don't know what the the baseline year would be, but certainly prior the, the flood of 2013 seems to have, have be kind of a marking point. Um, the, the the numbers of fish don't seem to be what they were. Um, it's not entirely um, clear what direction the population is going. Uh, I, one of the issues is that uh, the population studies on the river uh, are done fairly frequently in the fall, but the, the data is never um, sort of massaged into into meaning into meaningful stuff for a couple of years. So by the time we get data, it's talking about you know a year or two ago and what the population was like then compared to the previous you know time the study was done. So it's hard to know. But certainly, I guess the anecdotal um, feeling largely is that the the numbers of fish are not what they once were. So, um, yeah, so that is a, the reason we're we're doing this. I, well, we I think we'd be doing it anyway because it's, this is just a something that's come along or something that's been here for way too long. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, fair. You know, one of the we get asked you know questions why, um, but if this has been going on so long. Um, why is it um, causing a problem now when it hasn't up until now? And, and uh, I think the answer is simply that there's, there's so many things facing this river um, and, and the, uh, the issues caused by the, the other stressors, if you like, uh, are, are increasing. Um, those things are getting worse. And for a long time, I guess the, the bow was able to withstand the loss of significant number of fish to, to irrigation canals. But as the other uh, things like, like uh, low flow water levels, um, warmer water temperatures, um, and uh, some of the probably the um, uh, decline in habitat quality since 2013, those things have, have all come along and have increased. And so something, uh, something that can be addressed should be addressed. Yeah, worrying disease too. For So yeah, it's, it's the sort of the cumulative effect of a bunch of things um that is that is i think made this happen and one of the things that we feel can be addressed and must be addressed is this uh, entrainment of fish and, and canals let's keep them in the river yeah i like it that's well said I'm, I'm just reading and this is right right off your website guys um the the trout trust was born out of necessity there's various groups working on issues faced by alberta's waterways and the trout trust will work these groups with these groups to accomplish shared goals so the focus is initially on the health of the bow river trout populations which is obviously a it's a it's a huge resource that we need to protect the issue of fish entrainment irrigation canals and i see it out here guys in our province too there's uh, irrigation canals are definitely uh fry get in there fish get in there and once they're in there they usually just dry up i assume when when the, when they kind of shut those irrigation canals down is that is that what's happening yeah, yeah. Uh, it's exactly it's exactly it 
So, mm. um, and it's, you know, this is not a, the problem is not unique to Alberta or to the Bow River. It is, right. there's lots of places um, where, where it, it's been going on for a long time and has been addressed in a number of different ways. Um, and we've, the mm-hmm. Tour Trust has done some investigation into the way some of these different ways that it's, it's been handled in other places. And, um, you know, we'll continue to do that. Yeah. We, um, you know, we, you, reading that part on our website, um, we, we get asked like fairly often, and I think as we, we're a new organization, but we're going to hear this question a lot is like, how are you different from other conservation groups? And, um, mm-hmm. do we need another, uh, another group? And of course, obviously we, we feel we do. Um, and we are in, you know, very, very um, enthusiastic about Trout Unlimited and the work that they do. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're, as Gary already said, their their fish rescue um, is a is a big thing and a helpful thing. But I think all of us would like there to not be a need for a trout rescue. Right. Um, and, and that's that's what what we're aiming at. So um, the, we we're we're different than than a lot of the other organizations. Because we're we're primarily a, a lobby group. We're we're not gonna, gonna you know start a project. Uh, we're not gonna go build structures to keep fish out of canals uh, ourselves. We, that's not what we do. But we're gonna um, take the issue to the to the decision makers, and, and mm-hmm. in this case, largely the provincial government and perhaps the, the irrigation industry to to try and uh, get this problem solved. And with the support of a large number of people. Who care about about the fish? Um, that's what we're trying to do. I love it, and and you know what, Jim, having your voice behind it obviously carries a lot of weight. All, all you know, the the books you've authored over the years, and uh, Fly Fusion, all the good things. Um, we appreciate that. And Gary, of course, uh, obviously, uh, very well-known fly fisher. Nate, I'm curious about your role in all this. What, what exactly are you doing? Uh, what's your role with Trout Trust? Uh, I keep I keep saying that I did nothing really. I just yeah. kind of. Um, <laughs> okay, that, that is that's that's a complete untruth. I, I right suspect there. you're doing a lot. Yes. Hey, I, I just I kind of pulled at the thread a little bit, and then everybody kind of came together and and decided that this was this was a worthy exercise because we are missing um, a group without the. The, the rules of governance uh, that that restrict a lot of the other conservation groups because they accept public funding and they're set up as charities or because they accept money from the government directly, there's not an out-and-out lobby group that can go forth and speak directly to the ministers on the issues. You know, they're not getting heard. And we've heard time and time again from um, people close to the ministers that we're just not represented as a group. Hmm. So... As my, my own work um, is actually in forensics and I do forensic investigations. And so it kind of became one of those things where I pulled a thread and it unraveled and I started looking into this. And I, I, I just couldn't believe that this problem still existed a hundred years later. There, there were laws written in and out um, and still nothing's been done. You know, yeah. so there was... Um, Fisheries Act that, that specifically said that it was the minister's responsibility to add fish exclusion devices, um, which was written out of the law, I don't know, 2012, something like that. Um, 
some 10 years ago. Um, you know, it became something that they recognized as a problem and then they made it go away again. It just, when you, it, it, it just doesn't read right as a history. Um, mm-hmm. It just, it needs to, it needs to be clarified, put in front of the public, and we need to go talk to the ministers directly about this, this issue that needs, that needs resolving. It's not accessible. I, you know, just in the Bow River itself, since the trout rescue's been done, something like half a million fish have been rescued. And I understand that not all of those are sport fish, so people don't care about them, but it's a whole ecosystem, you know, that those small fish that the rainbows rely on, um, as part of their diet are getting washed away downstream and then we're wondering about why the rainbow trout the mid-sized rainbow trout um are disappearing in our river so you know it just seems like something that it, it's overdue um especially seen as you know irrigation brings it contributes so much to our provincial gdp as well six billion to provincial gdp a lot every mm-hmm. year you know and it's it it would be a drop in the ocean for them to throw some of that towards um, resolving an issue that's been outstanding for a hundred hundred years. And we know that you know in the last twenty years we've lost half a million fish in the Bow River to this that have been rescued. But then what about the other thousands of kilometres of canals that that we don't address? Well, when you throw those numbers yeah. around, I find it interesting, guys. When you're talking about okay, so all of a sudden they're looking at fish mortality from catch and release or whatever. That seems like a drop in the bucket compared to the numbers you just threw. Yeah, well, that's yeah. Because again, there's nothing supporting um, mortality, right? There's no mm-hmm. study done on it. Right. And a lot, of, a lot of the uh, the angling effects were based on some modeling done. Um, by the government, but it was based on sort of limited information. But they've, they, I think they're actually addressing that right now. And I think the the result of it will be that that sort of mid-sized rainbow trout is still in decline in the Bow River. And you know, we can't argue against that, but we can certainly put their food back in the river. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, maybe Se- that'll help. Seems logical. <laughs> seems logical. I, 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 one thing I find fascinating, guys, is I. For me, look, I don't understand lobbying whatsoever, but I know how important it is. And when you have something you want to fix, if the right people aren't getting the message or hearing your issues, we're just talking. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like it's just it's just exactly. going yeah. it's going nowhere. Well, man, you know, you know, like each and every one of us that are sort of on the pseudo board, I mean, trying to put our trust through for their own personal reasons, you know, I mean, but there is a common goal, you know, what's best for the trout, keep the trout in, in the rivers. Mm-hmm. Like, I know for myself, um, when I had a friend of mine who was legal counsel for a conservative and NDP government, and he says to me that, you know, we have these meetings and there's nobody shows up representing the fishermen. Right. and kind of shake that off a little bit and I was a little baffled by that so I started looking into other groups and what they're doing what their plans are and they go so far that there seems to be a stop mm-hmm. and then we had the same conversation a year later so my motivation came in that we need a lobby group 
that has direct contact with the minister that can make a difference. And we're not swayed by funding mm-hmm. or anything other than the interest of the throat and the angler's perspective on it. We need a, we need a voice, yeah. direct voice. And uh, legal counsel for the government tells me that we're not there and we're not able to get it together to be there. And I'm concerned. Yeah, no, that's fair comment. And and it's like the follow through, right? It's one thing to have these views, have this knowledge, say this is what's happening. You know, we're losing so many fish in the in the irrigation canal, or uh, I don't know the term, uh, the correct term for it. But it's like, how do you, how do you lobby? So are, now is this is this where Gary, uh, Jim, Ada, is this where you guys? Are are you do you know people in the ministry? How how does that work? I'm really curious how that whole system even works. In my case, it's a personal friend that you know signed up for a fly fishing course who happened to be the lawyer, the legal counsel for the NDP and the UPC party. Mm-hmm. So he was my and he said to me, "Well, I need I need to see the minister." You know. We'll start up a group and we'll get things going and get ahead in the right direction with your help and you know set it up so that we can be a voice for the angle with the ministry. Mm-hmm. If the minister says that nobody's showing up at the table, then let's make that happen. Yeah. So we pursued that through personal relationships. Hmm. Um, you know the common the commonality also is that fly fishing page I have called Alberta Fly Fishing. So we see a lot of information pushed into that. So we can pull from that as well. It's a great resource for this kind of stuff because we see it from all aspects. Yeah. But the biggest thing that was said to me that the minister point blank is when nobody has showed up at the guest table, and I'm going, my, that needs to change. So it leaves me the impression of all the organizations and clubs that are out there that do really good work seem to be limited in how far they can take this. Um, yeah. yeah, fair. There has to be another step. So, another step in. There needs to be a merge in from there. So the, the strategy, I think, uh, Mark, will be um, to get the might of the public behind us, um, whether that be in members, signatures on a petition, and then sitting at the table with the people that make the decisions, rather than kind of getting that sort of stuck at that mid-level um, organization like the AEP, for example, um, who don't have much decision-making power. The, the more you talk to them, the more you realize that their hands are tied. They have a mandate, they have budgets, and they have, you know, they have the restrictions on what they can do, what they can publicize, what they can talk about. So it's really a case of you've got to step past that kind of middle level or the mm-hmm. first layer of of first sort of layer of delay and then just get straight to the ministers who actually make the decisions to make make them listen to the issues that the anglers or i guess in their interest the voting public consider to be an issue and consider an issue that needs to be dealt with yeah sometimes you got to fish through yeah. the little ones to get to the big issues right <laughs> you guys know how that is. You got, yeah. you know, it's all about fish, fish in hand or fish to the boat. You know, you keep throwing it out there enough, yeah. someone's going to grab on. I love it. Um, yeah. if you're yeah, just... The way you guys are structured, sorry, the way you're structured in BC is different than the way we're structured here. I mean, you know, you, a 
anybody smart can go and talk to a biologist and identify a serious problem, and that biologist can take it further and have, have changes made. Mm-hmm. That's not how our system works here, right? So okay. we have to go a different route. I mean, you know, Jim was one of the founders of, or was the founder of Charlotte Limited for Alberta. He's the one that brought it here and introduced it. So he understands their, their, their system well. And, you know, like, like I said, we all love what they do and love to work with them. Mm-hmm. But they're different than what our intent is. Yeah, fair, and I like it. You come another up. another thing that's that's uh, come up. I guess it was like, uh, early in the fall. The, the government, um, uh, Nader Gary, you can maybe clarify the details on this a little bit. But there was some indication from government anti irrigation that they intended to study the entrainment issue, um, uh, which we took as good news. Um, and certainly, along with taking, continuing to take the, the issue right to the ministers ourselves, uh, we intend to, to hold them to their promise because uh, they, uh, well, they fill me in the details. I can't quite recall. Uh, they, they were trying to bail me out here a little bit. <laughs> so that was so, <laughs> so uh, an invitation to Tanda um, in November, right. I think it was, of 2023. Um, and they were looking for people to. Um, study the effects of the irrigation canals and utilize some of the current limited numbers, the existing data that was there, but then to, to research it more and study it a little bit more. And, you know, I mean, sure, you know, our, our, our mandate at that point changed a little to say, well, we need to stay on top of this and make sure that they do do something this time rather than what they've done in the past, which is we studied it and actually it's not a priority. We need to understand why it's not a priority. We need the transparency um, and we need them to actually realize that this is a priority. Um, and, and so so there is, there is um, some interest in it from the government right now, but we don't know how long that will last um, or whether it will would stand uh, another report like there was, um, I guess, 2001, the post-Gatel study, was it, that had done the most damage to getting any momentum on the irrigation issue. Um, it kind of just stopped it, stopped it in its tracks. Um, yeah. and, and that's not that's not sufficient. It's, yeah, there were so many problems with that. And I think... Remember also had a few stipulations and then I think there was something about possibly doing another five year study. Can I ask um, a really silly question, guys? Like what okay, so where where this irrigation water originates, where it first hits the fluve or whatever it looks like, is there a screen or a mesh on that to prevent or is it just no, wide open? That would be called an exclusion system, Mark. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, what we're that's a screen. <laughs> so the screens actually wouldn't wouldn't work on the Bow River because of the uh, number of aquatic plants we have in the Bow River. And they're really prevalent because of the number of salts in the Bow River as a result of Calgary. Okay. Um, so the plants are, are really quite substantial in there. So the screens would get blocked. Hmm. So there has to be a different system. But there's many other kinds of systems. There's, um, you know, sound, um, light. Uh, there's uh, fish ladders. You know, they have got a fish ladder there, but it's been turned off for, mm-hmm. I don't know how long. Gary, Jim, do you know how long? I don't, four, I don't years or more, the four, four years or more that I know. Mm. Yeah. Okay. 
So if you're just joining us tonight, we've got um, the folks from the Trout Trust on the line, Jim McLennan, Gary Hankey, and Nada from Trout Trust. Their mission statement is the Trout Trust speaks in a unified voice directly with government, representing the interests of wild trout, natural or stocked uh, fish, and those that care about them. And um, it, it seems to me that, um, you know, you, you alluded to, guys to, to Jim being involved with um, Trout Unlimited kind of from the get-go and I think that that probably carries a lot of weight because you've seen a few things you've seen you've seen maybe what's working what isn't working and I get the feeling that you guys are kind of trying to work in coordination with these other groups would that be accurate yeah definitely we are we're, we're um, <laughs> we, we want to unify the voice and we want to um do some of the things that they can't do because of the structure of their governance. But mm-hmm. yeah, so um, certainly that's exactly what we're trying to do. So, and, so you know, if, cooperatively so, and, if someone's listening to this and, and you live in the uh, beautiful <laughs> province of Alberta, Canada, um, Nada, th- let me throw this to you. How, how can somebody help? Like, if we're listening to this and go, I want to get involved, no matter where you are, how, like, what, is it volunteering? Is it financial? What's what's the best way to get involved? So there's different ways to get involved. You can do the bare minimum. You can get on the website and you can find a petition. Um, you can also join as a member and um, 25 bucks gets you an annual membership and we're just working out the program benefits as a result of joining as a member for now everybody knows when they join as a member that we're fairly new and those benefits will come and they'll come in the form of educational sessions and maybe benefiting from having gary or um jim doing their um fly fishing sessions um maybe early releases of books, I'm hoping. Hmm. And then, you know, if we can, you know, maybe some other member benefits. But we're still working that program out right now. Right on the website, we actually have a pro forma document that you can print off. Obviously, it's going to have a better effect if you write the letter yourself. But, you know, there's something there that you can you can print off and send into your local MLA. Oh, sorry, the third thing that we, uh, that we encourage is if you are from another group, uh, there's an affiliate tab on the website and you are free to come onto that website and let us know who you are. If you've got a cause and you want to be heard at the government level, at the minister level, for now we are working on entrainment, but we can either get you there or at least put your your cause on a one-pager in front of the government. Um, we don't want to muddy the waters too much up front, but mm-hmm. as we as we develop, it'll it'll become one of those things where we'll we'll work with other groups to get them in front of the people that matter to get their calls heard about, um, because yeah. we're focusing on the lobbying part of it. Uh, the other thing that that we've been working on really for well pretty much the last year I guess is a is a short film um, to make people aware of the entrainment issue specifically on the bow. Um, all the footage is shot now. Um, it was shot, most of it shot this past summer, uh, summer 2023. And we're now working on the, the script and the editing of it. And we hope that this will be available or be finished and, and ready for viewing in the spring of uh, 2024 when we will make it, uh, make it as widely available as we can. So that's something people can watch out for. It, it'll, I think it will carry a lot of weight. Um, some of the um, the data, the specific numbers we have, and, and I think it'll really kind of juxtapose the 
the the huge value, both aesthetic and financial, that this river has, uh, and it, with the um, the ridiculous situation of losing thousands of fish um, that should be in the river every year. So mm. that's something people can watch out for. We we don't even have a title for sure yet, so I can't tell you what it is, but um, it'll be available on. Uh, on, on uh, let's see on numerous platforms right yeah like it well the, and i think yeah. the visual the visual aspect of that you're talking yes. about the entrainment but when you actually see it um there's value in that for sure yep yep exactly like i mean get involved whether it's a petition it says write your mla volunteer donate i mean all all these things are great things especially when people realize it's about the fish and it's about the resource and protecting it do you are you guys do you now have a facebook site or an instagram site or any other social media that we we can know about do you have a facebook page um it's just the trout trust um and uh there's actually not much activity on it at the moment we did do a soft launch in december and we'll be sort of going at it a little harder and throwing some information out there on the facebook page um in uh, in the coming months here um, also, you know, that'll be where we report back, um, also on the website, but, you know, for social media followers, the best place would be the Facebook page where we'll throw up any meetings that we've attended, what was said, fully trans- transparent about what we're, what we're doing and what we're saying to the ministers. Well, one thing too, that I probably should let our listeners know is that this, is, this I feel like we're kind of getting in on the ground roots here. I feel like you guys are just getting the ball going. So I, I would love to. At some point down the road, once you guys really get things up and running, you know, let's let's do a show on specifics and uh, find out how we can help. Because I know you're not going to have a problem. I know Albertans, uh, you're not going to have a problem rallying people behind you on this. So, um, you know, let us know how we can help from a from a podcast point of view. Because honestly, one thing I'm trying to do, and the older I get, the more I realize. It's great to have famous fly fishers and fly tires on and talk about the fishing, but if we don't have the resource, what are we doing? We got nothing. So I, That's I, right. I get That's where right. you guys are coming from, mm-hmm. and I, I appreciate what you're doing. And uh, if we can help you out in the future at all, please let me know. But um, before I let you go, is there any any closing words? Anything you want to throw out there, Gary? Start with you. Well, I, I think you know this is a be of interest to a lot of people because we're, we're creating and giving an opportunity for the angler to have a direct voice with the ministers. So it's not just the biologists or not just you know people within the group within the government that is feeding the minister with information. Mm-hmm. We're representing anglers, trout anglers. And we're, you know, we're going to speak on behalf of trout anglers directly with the minister from the angler's perspective. And that's, that's something sort of unheard of. That's important. We, we had that at one time with, with a couple of groups, but that's all fizzled away over the decades. And mm-hmm. It's time to bring that forward again. I love it. Jim? Um, I would just say uh, that you've already started to help, Mark, by by seeing this topic as, as worthy of the podcasting and we really appreciate doing that and i think what people need to do probably is just visit the website which is the trouttrust.com uh you got to put you have to have the the in there <laughs> the trout trust got it. and then they'll give a bunch of information and 
and uh, spread spread the word. If, if uh, this sounds like something uh, that interests you or that uh, maybe even angers you, um, please please come with us. So at one point, Mark, you said um, you weren't sure whether whether you you want about well, something to do with rocking the boat, and maybe we don't want to rock the boat. No, I think we do want to rock the boat. Mm, I like it. <laughs> is the, uh, is where talking, we are in this. We're talking about a drift boat, I in, assume. In a gentle way. A drift boat, yeah. We're going to rock the drift boat. That's right. <laughs> oh, God, that's going to stick right there. <laughs> Nada, Jim, Gary, thanks so much for doing this. Trout Trust, look them up, thetroutrust.com. Um, support them, and uh, you're going to hear more about them moving forward. We appreciate you listening to the podcast. Um, thanks for listening. We'll, we'll catch you next time. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by theflycrate.com. Thank you for listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Your feedback matters. Let us know if there's a person or topic you'd like discussed. Email us at mark at flyfishing97.com. Until next time, tight lines and we'll see you on the water. Mm-hmm.